Today's pep talk is for the underdog, the little guy or gal who started way, way down at the bottom and fought and clawed and dreamed and believed their way to today, to this day where you stand way, way up on the mountain, way ahead of where you started. Sure, you're bruised and beaten and battered and bloodied, a failure and a victor and a winner and a loser, a dreamer and a cynic. But yet, here you are with all your strengths and weaknesses and scrapes and scars. Today's pep talk is for you. Hey, it's Peter Harmon, the food guru here with your weekly pep talk. My goal is to help you build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams. Today is Monday, October 16th. This is episode number 252 of Build a Better Restaurant podcast. It's called The Underdog. Okay, now today's pep talk is going to be a long one. I have a lot of information to share with you, so let's hop right in. The point, the message of today's pep talk is... Today is the greatest time in the history of the world to be alive, and the best is yet to come. And with that in mind, I want to tell you a story and take you on a journey. It's a journey of struggle and hardship, a journey of redemption, where dreams really do come true. So strap in and get ready to ride. All right, let's start with thing number one, from freedom to tyranny and back. In the beginning, humans were free. They lived in tribes and lived and hunted and gathered for today, for this day. They were free to do as they pleased. Yes, life was hard, but they kept going and moving forward. And in a lot of ways, they had a lot more freedom and they had a lot more leisure time than they do today. I mean, times have changed, but these basic fundamentals and foundations still apply, especially in America, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Today, you have the freedom to decide who and what you want to be. You get to decide what you will do or not do all day long. If you want to be a chef, you can be a chef. If you want to be a restaurant owner or business owner, you can do that. And nobody can stop you except you. And that's the rub. That's where it gets interesting. Only you can decide to win or lose. Nobody's holding you back. You're free to choose and decide and make plans and follow through with those plans or not. It's all up to you. Your life is the sum of every thought and action you have ever had. If you're happy with where you are today, great. But if you're not happy, then something needs to change. And that something starts with you. Let's turn the clock back to the year 1750 B.C. That's right, B.C. If your dad was a nobleman, you were a nobleman. If your dad was a carpenter or a blacksmith, well, you were a carpenter or a blacksmith. If your dad was a peasant or an outcast or an untouchable, so were you. This is sometimes called the caste system or the class system. The ruler back in 1750 BC was my man, Hammurabi. Hammurabi was the king of the Babylonian Empire from 1792 BC to 1750 BC. Hammurabi is best known for the Code of Hammurabi, which he claimed to have received from Samash, the Babylonian god. Now, Hammurabi deferred to a higher power, God. Hammurabi said, God has given me these laws. God has empowered me, your leader, to enforce these laws or rules. 
Hammurabi did not claim to be God or the writer of the rules. He claimed to be appointed by God to do God's work and enforce God's rules. Now, Hammurabi's code had 292 rules or laws. It's a fantastic thing to read. You should read it. It prescribed specific penalties for each crime, and it's among the first code to establish the presumption of innocence. And they were also intended to limit what a wronged person was permitted to do to someone in retribution. Hammurabi was discovered by archaeologists in the late 19th century and has since been seen as a very important figure in the world of law and legality. This is where we get an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, Hammurabi's Code, which also pointed out another very important aspect of life, the caste system, the class system. There were noble men, noble women, common men, common women, and slaves, both men and women. Now, for example, if a noble man puts out the eye of another noble man, his eye shall be put out. That's an eye for an eye. Now, if a noble man knocks out the tooth or teeth of another noble man, his tooth shall be knocked out. That's a tooth for a tooth. But if a noble man puts out the eye of a common man, he will pay the common man one gold minya in retribution. Now, if a noble man puts out the eye of a slave, he will pay half the value as a common man to the owner of the slave, not the slave. So there were rules that were laid out, the punishments, and the punishments depended on who did what to who. This was class system in action. Now, let's fast forward 3,000 years to Europe, about the year 1700 in the modern era. Now, we still had the same layers in society. Let's call them noblemen, serfs, peasants, and slaves. The noblemen were the ruling class, the elites. Then there were the serfs. A serf was a business owner or a landowner. And then there were commoners and peasants who worked the land, and they did whatever they had to do to survive. Now, in these times, if your dad was a king, you were royalty. If your dad was a nobleman, well, you were a nobleman. But if your dad was a farmer or a blacksmith, well, you were going to be a farmer or a blacksmith. You didn't get to choose. Your only opportunity to move up was really through the military or the church. In warfare... The noblemen were the officers, and the commoners were the foot soldiers, and the pawns, you know, the cannon fodder. And even during a battle, you weren't allowed to shoot at the officers of the opposing army. That was at least until Napoleon and the Americans came along and changed all that. But then, very few people owned a business of their own, because it was really, really risky. See, if your business failed and you couldn't pay your debts, you were sent to prison, debtor's prison, and your wife and your kids were sold into slavery to work off your debts until your debts were paid. Then hopefully they were set free, but they were forever labeled as freed slaves. And good luck getting out of prison and trying to rebuild your business because that would never happen. Now today, we have millions and millions of business owners because of the modern LLC the limited liability company. If you start a business and it goes bust, you file chapter 11 and get bankruptcy protection from the government. We do not have debtors' prisons. You get to start life over. 
kind of like a restart or a do-over. All right, let's move to thing number two, education and opportunity. Now listen to this. In the Middle Ages, in the early part of the Industrial Revolution, the ruling class and the business owners and the landowners had a completely different philosophy toward the lower class. Here's how it went. The elites would simply tell you right to your face, you're a commoner or a villager. You will not be going to school. You are not smart enough to read and learn and understand. God has made you subordinate to those of us who know better. It is your duty to do as you are told and not ask questions. Even if you think we're wrong, we don't care what you think. The common belief among the elite class was, it is not good for the laboring class to read and write. Books and newspapers will only fill their empty heads with half-understood ideas. It'll make them discontent with their station in life. They will begin to want more than what God has ordained them to have. They will start to have foolish notions about equality and democracy. And I'm willing to bet right now that you have had similar ideas about the people who work for you. Maybe you see some of them as less than you or not worthy of training and education because they're never going to learn and they're never going to get it. I mean, come on, think about it. Open your mind. Have you ever done that? Have you ever really thought that? So open your mind. Everybody deserves a chance because as Alan Turing said, Sometimes it's the people no one imagines anything of who do the things that no one can imagine. Now, another thing that Hammurabi and the nobles of the past did was they used higher authority to control the common man. They said something like, God has ordained me as your king, and I am acting in God's interests. And all of this is way too sophisticated for you, Mr. Commoner because you're a mere peasant. So shut up and do what you're told, or else. The original Bible was written in Latin, the language of the intellectuals and the academics, the elites. So even if someone could read their local language, they couldn't read Latin. And that was because the elite, the ruling class, wanted it that way. They said the common people are too dumb to understand the scriptures. They will misinterpret them and accuse us the leaders of false doctrine and deceit, they will claim that we are holding them back and cheating them from their God-given rights. In 1522, Martin Luther changed some of that, most of that, a lot of that, when he translated the Latin Bible into German. Then all of a sudden, a common man could read the Bible for himself without needing a priest or someone from the church to interpret it for them. And then, in 1776, Thomas Jefferson really overturned the apple cart when he wrote in the American Declaration of Independence, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. See, this is when the common man and the peasant truly did become free. This is when the American dream began to become reality. This is why America 
has become the greatest nation in the history of mankind. Not a perfect nation, but a pretty damn good nation. Now, unfortunately, most people truly do not understand or don't get this. For the first time in recorded history, people are not being held back by a tyrannical power or a tyrannical leader. The people are holding themselves back because they do not see and they do not believe in themselves. And that's a damn shame. Now, here's an interesting thing that I just learned in my study of AI, artificial intelligence. See, man has always worshipped the higher power, a supreme being greater than themselves. In the old days, in the old, old, old days, men worshipped many gods like Poseidon or Ur or Dionysus or Apollonia. And then as religion began to organize and grow, the number of different gods shrank from multiple gods to only one god. And this was really brought home by Moses in the Ten Commandments. Later, as villages became towns and towns became cities and states and then countries, people started to align themselves with the ideals of their country. Do it for the motherland. And many wars have been fought over religion and country, haven't they? Then, in 1776, America became the land of freedom from repression and persecution. And over the last 200 or so years, we have fought for our freedom. Today we're free, and we can do as we please. But here's the crazy thing. Most people are going to give their newfound freedom and belief and trust right back to a new, higher power. And in this case, they're going to give it right back to AI, artificial intelligence, the computer in the cloud. Today, people look at Siri for answers. They say like, hey Siri, how do I get to XYZ address? And they follow her directions, no questions asked. And she takes them where they want to go. Today, big data, big data, big data is smarter than the average human. And this divide will continue to get larger and larger and larger. Big data will figure out the best practices of how to do everything. See, AI is smart and getting smarter. Albert Einstein was really, really smart. He had an IQ of 150. And today, in 2023, AI has an IQ of about 150. But the, the IQ of AI is going to continue to double. Think of Moore's Law in computers. Our ability to compute doubles every two years. Well, same thing is going to happen with the intelligence and the IQ of artificial intelligence. It's going to double from 150 to 300, and then from 300 to 600, and then to 1,200, and then 2,400. Imagine what will happen when AI has an IQ of 2,400, 20 times smarter than the smartest humans. Eventually, Humans will subjugate themselves again, but this time they will hand the power over to AI, the computer in the cloud. Computers and robots will tell us what to do, and we'll do it, because you're going to be way smarter than us. Wow, right? It's mind-blowing. All right, now, thing number three, fight for your life and your business. Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to take charge of your life. Don't give away your power. You have fought to get here. 
Your forefathers fought for your right to be here. We are all standing on the shoulders of giants. Don't you dare give up now. All you will do is prove that the elitists were right. That ignorant people and common people don't deserve a chance. They don't deserve to be free. Fuck that. You fought to build your own restaurant. You have a goal. Don't turn back now. Yes, it's okay to be scared. This is scary stuff, especially today in these dramatically changing times. But you are a business owner. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody but you. You can screw it up and lose it. Sure, and that happens every day. 80% of all restaurants die in the first five years, and that is because they were not ready. They did not do the thinking and the work. They may have tried hard, but they were not ready. They were not prepared. They missed an important piece that dragged them down into the great abyss. So be smart and dig in your heels and open your mind. Learn what the top 5% of all restaurant owners know. Read my book, Restauranting 101. Learn the basic fundamentals, the ABCs of restauranting. This will give you the base you need. I really want you to read this book because it's going to help you become a better restaurant owner which is going to help you and your family and your community. So go to Amazon and search Peter Harmon Restauranting 101 and buy it today. And while you're at it, pick up a copy for your key people, the people you want to empower to learn and grow and become better people so they can live the American dream. And then believe me, after they've read the book, they will return the favor and help you grow. I mean, what do you possibly have to lose? See, I imagine that you have a goal. Let's imagine that your goal is to do a million dollars in sales. Now, today, you're at, let's say, $500,000. You're doing 10 grand a week, and your goal is to get to 20 grand a week. Well, just break your goal down into bite-sized chunks and start with this question. What's it going to take to get from $10,000 to $20,000 a week? Start by trying to get to $11,000 in sales, a $1,000 increase. What would it take to increase sales this week by $1,000? And if you're open five days, that's 200 bucks a day. And then what's it going to take to get to 12 grand and so on until you hit $20,000 a week? Now, here's another way to say this. We could increase our weekly sales if... We could increase our weekly sales if we did this. And if we could do that, we would increase our sales. So what is it? What's the if? The question is, what can you do to increase sales? And be smart. Whatever you do, be smart. Get everybody involved, even the newbies and the lowest employees on the totem pole. This is not just a job for management. Stop thinking like an elitist. Get the whole team together. Make a list of things that need to be done to grow and move forward. Put those ideas to work. Start doing them right away. Don't wait. And remember, you will not get it right the first time. Think of a 12-month, think of a 12-month-old little kid, little baby. The first time they try to walk, they fall down. Whoops. Then they get up and they try again and again, day after day after day. And as parents, we encourage them to keep going and going, trying and trying, don't we? It's exciting. And they can feel the excitement, so they keep going. But what if, 
After the third try, somebody came in and said, okay, okay, that's it. This kid will never walk. So stop trying. Enough is enough. You just have to roll around for life. Well, that's silly and it would never happen. But it happens all the time in business, doesn't it? So we try something and it fails. So we give it another half-ass attempt and then we quit. Three strikes and you're out. Why? Why is it? Is it because we're stupid and we're quitters? Or because we're just peasants? No, that is simply adult behavior. Adults are afraid to look silly. So we stop before somebody makes fun of us or laughs at us. And that is ridiculous. Open your mind and try. Open your mind to the possibilities. Look at what is really there. Look at reality. Not what you think is there. And look at what could be there. What could be? And have the guts to go for it. Okay, for the next step of our journey, we're going to go to 1492. When the common wisdom was, if you live in Europe and you want to go to China, you take the Silk Road east to the Orient. And it was a long, dangerous journey. In 1492, Columbus left Spain heading west on a boat. And he thought he was taking a shortcut to China and the Orient and India. See, we remember Columbus because he dared to be different. He knew the world was round and he assumed if he went west on a boat, he would find a shortcut to the Orient. But he was wrong. He made the mistake that everybody makes. He thought he knew everything about the world. But instead of China, he ran right smack into America. Whoa, the unknown, the unexpected. And Columbus thought he was a failure because he didn't make it to China. He made it somewhere else because he was wrong. Nobody had ever been to America and back. So they just assumed there was nothing there. They went looking for the known thing, China and India. But Columbus found something new, and only because he was crazy enough to make the leap of faith. You see, there are things we know and things we don't know. But according to Mark Twain, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. That's what gets you into trouble. So open your mind. Be comfortable being a beginner. Life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Leap and the net will appear. Okay, in conclusion, let's start to wrap this thing up. The same exact thing can happen to two different people with totally different results. It's not the situation or what happened. It's what you do that makes the difference. It's how you react. It's your attitude, whether it's positive or negative or up or down. The choice is not up to some higher power or some elitist. It's up to you. This is your life, and you're the one who's writing the script. Be bold. Move forward toward the goal. One person can try to walk, but when they fall down, they never get up. While the other person falls down and gets right back up to try again and again and again until they master it. One restaurant owner will try their hand at marketing, and if it doesn't work in the first month, they give up and they stop trying. Well, the other restaurant owner works at it until they figure it out. Yeah, they still fail and they fail again, but eventually they figure it out. They get better at it and eventually their sales double. 
They move the needle from 500,000, let's say, all the way to a million dollar goal and beyond. Another owner might hire a manager and if it doesn't work out, they give up and they go right back to doing it themselves, saying, oh, I knew that was a bad idea. What a waste of money. Well, another owner hires another manager and maybe another until they find the right person for the culture and the job, because that's the goal. No matter what your goal is, if you're struggling to stay alive or if you're trying to open your 10th restaurant, you've worked way too hard to give up now. Never, ever give up. Remember, the good news is that yesterday is gone. Today is all there is. Turn the page. You may have failed in the past, but that was yesterday. So turn the page. Do not bring yesterday's troubles into today's opportunities. Yesterday will only clog the pipe of today and distract you and hold you back. You can't learn new skills and try new things while holding on to the bullshit from the past. You must let go of yesterday and focus on this day, this thing. Do your best with what is on your plate today. When a good golfer makes a bad shot, they chew their ass. And then they take both the bad shot and the next shot, you know, this shot, to the tee box. But when a great golfer makes a bad shot, they drop it. They bury it. They only go to the tee box and focus on this shot. They put 100% into this shot. That is what makes them great. Because they can't be thinking about how bad the last shot was and do their best on this shot. And either can you. So lock yesterday inside a cage called yesterday and turn the page. Today is one day. This day. Today. The question is, what are you going to do with your today? Open your mind and try. Just because this is the way we've always done it doesn't mean it's the best way. Give your all your very best. Your very, very, very best. Forgive yourself from your past weaknesses and mistakes. Forgive your people from their past weaknesses and mistakes. Begin anew with a fresh start. Turn the page. My name is Peter Harmon. I am the food guru. My goal is to start a restaurant revolution. I want you and every restaurant owner who listens to this podcast to have the knowledge and information that you need to build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams. But this requires more than just listening. You must believe. You must adopt the owner mindset. You must realize that this is your actual life. It's not a video game. If you're not happy with where you are today, you must change things don't happen by themselves. Things are made to happen. And you're the one who has to make them happen. If you're ready to build a better restaurant and live the life of your dreams, I can help you get there. All you have to do is come to foodguru.com to get started. When the student is ready, the food guru will appear. Thanks for listening. And I hope to hear from you soon.